I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. No, 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 Liam, Liam. We've had this discussion before about people like Ronaldo. Like you don't take them off because they can do something like that. Hang on, hang on, hang on. No matter what they're not doing. You were comparing Ross Barkley to Danny Drinkwater four weeks ago. <laughs> and now you're comparing him to Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> hey, the evidence has changed. <laughs> Hi guys, Jack Greenish here. Uh, delighted to say that I've signed a new deal with Aston Villa. That morning sky gave me a look. So I left while you were sleeping. That's all it took. <laughs> oh my god I don't know where to start with this um, My first question to you Liam Was going to be Is that a good point Or a, or two points lost Villa are four wins in a row Three clean sheets Beat Leicester Beat Liverpool Game in hand Even top of the league If they lose that game in hand They're still second That's how sad I am I, I still check that But I think we need to start Thinking bigger than this Because the league is a shambles Villa look to be the only ones Who have gotten their acts together and fucking hell, they do have their act together. This is unbelievable. It's actually, it's actually amazing how good Villa are. I, I'm getting excited, but I think I have every right to be excited. Try and stop me. No, absolutely not. I actually looked up beforehand and was wondering how many goals could we afford to lose by and still stay in the Champions League places. Uh, <laughs> but no, Leicester have reaped what they sowed in March. Because since that game, Villa have went into the lockdown period and Dean Smith just obviously became obsessed with sorting out the defence. Mm. And Leicester City are the reason Villa stayed up last year and they're the reason Villa are going to win the league. It's brilliant. <laughs> Actually, you mentioned that game. That it was very, very fitting. Uh, you probably remember the moment the ball went in behind, looked a bit dodgy. I think Ihenachi was offside, but... Straight out, bang! There was Martinez, read it like a dream, got rid of the danger, two centre-backs relieved. And you go back to that Leicester match when it was utter, utter devastation was lying around Villa Park and 
Pepe Reina's bald head comes running into your screen out of nowhere, about 40 yards out on the wing, misses the ball, Leicester score an easy goal. Like that that's the difference now. It's like Emmy Martinez is in that's Villa. That like there's one moment like that where it looks like they're in behind, he's actually offside, and even so the keeper is just dealing with it. It's it's just complete solidity all over. And now obviously we always knew that Dean Smith was a, a good, exciting attacking manager. He's obviously blended the two of them together. Yeah, and whenever you've got the solidity, it really allows you to have the attacking side playing well and playing with confidence. Yeah, it's not a surprise to anyone that found out that Emmy Martinez is faster than Reina. I was actually looking up that just before the match started as well, obviously feeling nervous. And Reina is so far away from the ball whenever that happens. The, the photo of that from behind, and it's just Barnes, he's about two yards to Reina's right. It's, it's hilarious. Um but no, yeah, it was it was it was a brilliant, brilliant, solid display from Villa, all predicated on that Leicester defeat last year. They're so solid, and they're the only team in the country that has remembered how to defend. And I don't know if it was because they spent so long during lockdown trying to figure it out, and then there was such a short preseason. But Villa are brilliant in defence, and everybody else is an absolute shambles. It's- it's hilarious, and it's like it's gonna it's gonna take us to the title. <laughs> well, it is. It's, it's Villa's title to lose, <laughs> <laughs> because I, I think I texted you earlier today, going, "Jesus, like Spurs are actually going to win the league." Because you're looking around and you're like, "Well, Liverpool, lots of question marks over them now. They're still by far and away the most likely team to do it. They should do it." But um, with, without Van Dijk, with Allison gone for another few weeks. That could be ropey. The wheels could come off a little bit there. I still think they'll win the league. This is madness. But um, Man City don't look... I can't believe we're getting into this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's stop. Let's stop. But you know what, what What a great thing was about this game? And it really told the difference and how fast Villa had progressed. So I knew... I, I, I knew it was going really well. I had every reason to be optimistic. But I, I didn't know that after four games, the fourth game in, a top... A top team, a top six team, definitely in the Premier League, would be setting up at home to try and stifle Villa, and like, that's what Leicester did. They, they came tonight to try and stop Villa. It was it was actually amazing, and I was thinking, oh, this is where Villa are coming up short now. They weren't ready for teams to set up to try and stop them, <laughs> you know. But it's great that after four games, there's already teams thinking that way. Yeah, um, as much as Villa learned from the 4-0 defeat to Leicester in March, Leicester obviously learned from the Villa-Liverpool game two weeks ago. Um, it was it was really a mental and physical war of attrition. It was two teams and two managers who understood what the other team wanted to do and did their best to stifle that. Um, it, so it wasn't a great game, but it was a really intriguing game. But yeah, no, it was it was it was really it was really encouraging to see Leicester being conscious of what Villa could do, unlike Jurgen Klopp two weeks before, and they obviously learned their lesson from that as well because Jurgen Klopp was so badly exposed for not giving Villa any credit. Um, yeah, no, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. Who do you like least, Brandon Rogers or Scott Parker? <laughs> This should have been safe for questions we can't answer. Yeah, I couldn't wait. I wanted to yeah. play the boot in the Brendan Rodgers early as possible. And, uh, well, Brendan Rodgers' personality is obviously 
disgusting. But but he's a decent manager. Yeah. But he is a, he is a, he is a very good manager, and he he did stifle Villa really well today. Um, I mean, and, and he, he obviously went after Villa's strongest suit, which is Jack Grealish. But um, yeah, he was given a big help and hand in that, and I'm sure we'll come on to that, or maybe we'll just go on to it right now. I was actually thinking, Jesus, you know, this is this is the best job I've ever seen done on Jack Grealish. But then I realized, sure, if the rules don't apply to the right back, then of course yeah. it's the best fucking job. That was an absolutely disgraceful performance from Jonathan Moss. And I guarantee you, Jonathan Moss doesn't like Jack Grealish. That, that had to have been personal. That's actually, it's very perceptive. And I actually wanted to start talking about Jonathan Moss. Um, I, I I obviously blame him and I do think there was some sort of agenda there or like it was it was despicable like you know like Castagna like you said it was a good job on Grealish but like he should have had two yellow cards you know that it was just completely ignored the second one was unbelievable like that like textbook isn't even the word because it was more vicious than a textbook yellow card you know it came in with bite like Grealish had just chipped it over him gone down the left mm. and bang cleaned him like about a half a second later but I almost blame the Villa players a little bit on this, right? Because there was a moment in the first half where Pratt came in with almost like a, a Pickford challenge on Grealish. And you know, not, not really a word said about it. Like, And, and I get, right, I, I, don't, I don't want to go down the sort of Barcelona route. Remember the Barcelona of old where everybody was running around the referee at, at every opportunity. But on some level, you have to put the ref under pressure. You have to get into his head, especially now. There are no crowds. Like, so that's that famous study that was done yeah. about referees who are, when they're, they give more decisions to the home team when there's a crowd there. They, they played a tape with crowd noise, and then they played a tape without crowd noise, and referees were, were more lenient towards the away team when there wasn't any crowd mm-hmm. noise. It was actually a big opportunity, but like you need to let the referee know that you're not going to you're going to be riding them. Like, there, there definitely is a fine line. You don't want them to think you're pricks and be out to get you the rest of the game, but you need to let them know that you're not going to be passive and you go through it then. So there was that challenge. Um, there was the first challenge then from Castagna on Grealish, got no card. Cash got bundled over off the ball. Emmy Martinez had a save. They got a corner out of it and again, we got rid of it. Um, Cash got fouled for Tillemans' free and he, he gave a free at the age of the box after Cash got fouled. So it was really weird. Um... Grealish got fouled again in the corner, but uh, not, it wasn't a yellow card offence, but nothing was done. And again, Emmy Martinez had a save from that because these were all bricks. And again, the second Grealish yellow card. And it's just like, where is the pressure on him? And even if it's not the players, the management team or somebody needs to be writing him. Well, yeah. The, the Pratt foul was was on the 19th minute, I think. You know, it was, it was really late into the game. And it was, a, as you said, it was a scissor tackle. So... If if he wasn't laying down a marker there, maybe the players just thought, "What's the point? He's not he's not book, if he's not booking him for that. What what are we going to do?" Because Grealish was looking at him, but it, and that made me just think, like if he's not listening to Grealish, he doesn't like him. Because there was a foil earlier on, I think was it on target, and Grealish was saying something to him, and Jonathan Moss kind of just putting his hand out as if to say, "All right, mate, all right, you know, keep quieting <laughs> yeah. down, young lad. This is this is my game." Um, I, I, I it, ha, it was so it was so blatant that I it has to have been personal. He doesn't like Jack Grealish, doesn't like his hair, doesn't like his build. I don't know what it is. Maybe he's jealous of him. I don't know, but he clearly doesn't like Jack Grealish because that was it was absolutely disgusting the way he was being foiled, and that's that's going to get Jack Grealish in trouble some game. I know Jack Grealish is well used to being hacked around the pitch, but 
it was so blatant and so regular tonight that it was it was worrying that the ref wasn't doing anything about it. It's really worrying because he, he, does, he tries to stay on his feet because he wants to create things. Um, he is going to get injured and he's, a, he's an England player where he should be more of a regular England player now. He should like, not be looked after more, but referees shouldn't be just taking a dislike to him like that. Like, he saw some of the stuff he was doing. Like, that that, that one he laid on for Barkley in the box was fucking hilarious. Yeah. Uh, laid on. just He took a pass four people with the ball underneath him. <laughs> it's so much pressure working with an inch of grass and he set up Barkley. Like, it's... It is magic, and you need to let him do that without players just coming in and and deliberately trying to injure him as well. It's not even just trying to stop him. Sometimes it's it's trying to it's trying to hurt him so he's not doing that again. Yeah, and like the reason we're watching football is to watch Jack Grealish. It's not to watch watch Castagna run up and name in the in the the arse. Like you know, that's that's the type of one that the, that has to be a yellow card. He's clearly not. How, what, what way is he trying to win the ball yeah. by kneeing somebody in the arse? But you really saw then as well. How, how annoying it is from a Villa fan watching that, that Castagna wasn't booked on the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth or seventh foul because it was a completely different game then. He was afraid to do anything. Grealish was, he had him on toast then for the rest of the game and it was just such a shame that he didn't get the punishment he deserved a lot earlier. Uh, ironically, he actually got a yellow card for probably one of the cleaner tackles. That yeah, it was made. a great tackle actually. <laughs> <laughs> So that was a bit harsh on him, but um, it's funny that we're writing the referee here. But how proud were you of Matty Cash for <laughs> for that's the most cynical foul I've seen in a long time on a football pitch? It was so good. It was the best thing in the first half, actually. <laughs> it was the fact that he did it, and then it wasn't enough, and he brought in his right hand just to pull him down completely. It was absolutely brilliant. The double movement of it was oh, it was so good. But it actually, it makes so much sense because, like, some people try to, they almost try to disguise that. And it's like, you're getting a yellow card anyway. So he's like, I might as well just make yeah. sure I'm, I'm grabbing him. <laughs> I'm getting a yellow card. So he's not going anywhere. Yeah, Matty Cash could have got up on his back and it was the same punishment. You know, it was it was a yellow card. So it was it was absolutely hilarious, yeah. Matty Cash, for somebody who turned into a right back last year, like, even, even that is a good example of somebody who's just switched on. He knows when there's danger or he's... He's created an imbalance somewhere, and he's not going to let it happen. But his positioning is amazing for, like, for again, somebody who's moved back to the defense just last season. He he knows where to be. He reads the game really well. Cuts out a lot of ball. There was one Castagna had a really good attack early on, and it was just cash. He just comes like Castagna was going from right back driving diagonally towards the box, and he played a nice pass to whoever was coming in on the left. And it's just cash just comes out, read it so well, and he, he carries the ball out. It's a uh, it's amazing how quickly he's adapted to, to being a great defender. Yeah, he's a, and he is a very, very good defender, yeah. And that really was a game for being switched on. And Matty Cash was brilliant at it. All, the, all four of them were brilliant at it. Dougie was in and out a little bit, but luckily John McGinn's back. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it, was a re, it was really a game for being tuned in and Matty Cash was brilliant, yeah. And even in this, uh, towards the end of the game, there was two or three times Bertrand Trory had the ball and then just all of a sudden coming absolutely flying past the camera is Matty Cash. And it's not necessarily getting the ball. I don't think the ball was actually played to him in any of the three occasions. But, it, you know, it clears out the defender. Justin has to go with Matty Cash and then there's more space for Trory just to do that in the 91st minute. When you're 1-0 up, it was brilliant to see. Mm. I want to talk a wee bit more about Shirori actually in uh, categories when we get to that. But 
What about Trezeguet? Did they have wingers on? John McGinn played a nice pass, the same pass that he played to Grealish against Fulham. Uh, Trezeguet was looking over his shoulder, even though he was going towards the goalkeeper. <laughs> he looked to be. <laughs> He looked to be afraid of a defender coming in behind him and he looked to be afraid of coming into the crossfire of a goalkeeper. Like There was a big chance there and at the time when I was thinking this is such a stalemate of a game, get in there, man. Like, you know, show a bit of balls and get in there. Yeah, it was... Ah, it wasn't It wasn't great from... It wasn't great from Trezeguet. Trezeguet, Trezeguet was in and out. Trezeguet was Trezeguet tonight and that was... That was probably the least Trezeguet thing we could see because he is normally all hurt. You wouldn't expect him to not go for that full blooded, especially when it goes in the often. Just go yeah. in, get injured, get off. You don't, you know, you've done your job. You've done everything you would expect for the team there. I don't know. Yeah, it was, ah, it, was it was shite. The three on two with Grealish again. Like I was writing most of this when I thought there was going to be a nil nil draw, and Phil Villa were on top. Like they, they definitely died out the last ten minutes, which is funny that the the Barkley goal came in injury time, but like they they were on top for most of the game, but. So disappointed when Grealish went through with the ball, driving down the centre. He's got Ollie Watkins to his left. He's got Ross Barkley to his right. You couldn't pick three better players to be coming through three on two against the defence. And they probably work on that loads in training. Um, I I think you were you you were a bit annoyed at Watkins there. I like I think Watkins was free and Grealish Grealish was looking more to the right, looking for Barkley, and it's like he needs to be looking for a striker there. Like that's that you'd see Gerard coming through there, always just looking for Suarez. You know, we're just waiting for Suarez to get free. And I thought Watkins was free and Grealish, his body shape wasn't right. And Barkley just was fucked at that stage and he didn't catch up enough. And then the chance went. Right. So a, co- a couple of things happened there. Jack Grealish probably has a split second to play the ball. And you're right, it, it was on and he doesn't. When he doesn't do that, the pass is not on anymore. Fafana does brilliantly. And Watkins doesn't change his run. That's the most frustrating thing whenever you're carrying the ball forward. Yeah, I know I should have played the pass, but I haven't. So you have to fucking change your run because I can't get it to you now. And Watkins just kept the same straight line run. And then I was also continued to be annoyed at Watkins because once Grealish doesn't play that pass, he takes it into the byline. And Watkins stands at the back post. It's such an un Ollie Watkins thing to do. Grealish can't get him the ball. He's running diagonally away from the net. So the cross is going to be weak. Watkins has to come across to the front post. I just thought it was poor from Watkins after Grealish should have played the pass. Watkins has to react to that. I, I just think as well, I was disappointed in Grealish because, again, it was three on two, and I know Barkley's dragging his arse <laughs> coming up, but Grealish isn't, isn't drawing a defender like he always does. He's sort of letting them to hold their, their positions, if you know what I mean. He's, he's letting the two defenders split the three of them. Well, he's not... He's not He's not obviously picking going towards Watkins, and then when he does decide to pick to go towards Barkley, Watkins is out of the game because somebody else has come back. I just thought the angle of his run was a, uh, it was timid almost, which definitely isn't something we associate with him. I, I, once Grealish doesn't play the first pass, I think it's defended really well by Leicester, and I think he's only got a split second to play that because the guy in the cover comes around and covers off the angle really well. And after he covers off the angle, he then aggressively comes in towards Grealish to shut the angle down even more. And then Grealish can only either play it to Barkley. And to be fair, he doesn't play it to Barkley. I think he sees that Barkley's fucked. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I don't know. I, I I think it was really well defended. I, I think you're, you're nitpicking probably because it's Jack Grealish and you expect more from him. 
I, I'm, I'm nitpicking as well because I thought the game was going to end nil nil, and I thought like we've just had a three on two or three best attackers, and we've yeah. completely we didn't even get a shot. <laughs> it was just yeah. so good stuff. Um, but we did score in the ninety first, ninety second minute. I'm not sure which one it was, but. Actually, we're going to get into WhatsApp winges next, but you did send me a message about 75 minutes into the game. Ross Barkley, take him off. He's fucked. Well, sold me up the river there, mate, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> what do you have to say for yourself? I was wrong. Actually, no, wait, I wasn't wrong. He was fucked. <laughs> and he was playing shit. Scoring the goal doesn't take away from that. I was right. No, 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 Liam, Liam. We've had this discussion before about people like Ronaldo. Like you don't, you don't take them off because they can do something like that. Hang on, hang on, hang on. No matter what they're not doing. You were comparing Ross Barkley to Danny Drinkwater four weeks ago. <laughs> and now you're comparing him to Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> hey, the evidence has changed. <laughs> this is science in real time. I'm just adapting. Fair enough. Let's move on to your fucking whinges. See who's the plonker. <laughs> Let's do it. What's up, winges? Actually, like, just let's let's qualify that we're all very happy. <laughs> four <laughs> wins from four, <laughs> but these are in real time again. Just experiencing the highs and lows of a game. Um, actually, the great start there is first time Villa have won four games since nineteen thirty, and I just checked it up. They've got twelve points. Villa only got. 35 last year so after four games they already have over a third of the points that they got last season so um it's going well it is it's incredible first whatsapp thing i didn't send to you but i was going to konza needs to grow the fuck up <laughs> I, I have absolutely no idea what that's in relation <laughs> he passed the ball straight to ihanachu in the first half I was like, you can't, you can't be doing that. Like, I think, like, whatever happened, it got, it was fine. I think John McGinn, John McGinn saved the day, I think it was. But you know, Conza played really well tonight. Like that, that chance he got for a header was was amazing. How high he got up again, got the ball down really low again, uh, pretty accurately under serious pressure. Uh, comes out with the ball really well, but he needs to grow up. He can't be giving <laughs> the ball away to the striker 30, 40 meters out. Like that's just if you're talking about winning Premier League titles, you can't be having that. <laughs> uh, that definitely wasn't the game for it but it's it's certainly the season for it in terms of everybody else in the Premier League but you know what Connor? it's just so on Villa like it's just not what we've come to expect from this Aston Villa team <laughs> yeah. my standards have been raised <laughs> yeah, there was a time last season when Engels and Mings were just doing that frequently, just handing them out to people. <laughs> One time in four games, and I'm like, that P needs to grow up. That <laughs> One of her best players so far. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, he he's, he's growing up, I think, and I think that was just maybe an overreaction. Maybe I need to grow up. Yeah. Moving on. On what planet is Matt Target taking a 20-yard free kick on a team with Barkley, Grealish, McGinn and Louise? <laughs> this this was actually a really annoying thing all night. That was a terrible free kick as well. It's just an absolute waste of time. And you knew it was going to be. I've just floated it over the crossbar. It was just like, oh, what the fuck? Like, you might as well just dink that like instead of pretending to have the right body shape to hit the free kick. But that was a real irritant all night. 
the constant changing of who was hitting the set pieces. Mm. And they were all shite at it as well. McGinn corners were terrible. Greedishes were terrible. Targets were pointless. Terori What the fuck was that about? Why is he hitting them all of a sudden? I suppose, why not? The rest of them were so dreadful. No, like, my target hitting a free kick. Just, yeah, fuck off. <laughs> That's partly why I started getting... Started looking at Ross Barkley a bit more sorely because I knew Connor Harahan was on the bench. And I was, anyway, I'm watching my target hitting free kicks and John McGinn hitting corners. It's like, get, just get him on this. Like, it's a nil nil match. Get her best set piece taker on him. My target's taking a fucking free kick. Whenever I was texting you about Barkley, I, um, I think it was just it was just as McGinn was hitting the corner. And that was one of the things that actually motivated me. I was like, geez, I wish fucking Harahan was hitting this. Um, yeah, it was. It was shambles. The the my target one wasn't even wasn't even in a great position. It wasn't even in great range. Like, you know, there's an argument to be made that nobody should be shooting from there, let alone yeah. fucking Matt Target. I I actually think that's a that's a right footed like that's like remember Harahan scored one against Newcastle on the left hand side like that that's a right footed shot where that where that angle was. You're going to, you're going to try and whip that around the outside of the wall into the keeper's near post. You can't score anywhere else from that. You're in the corner of the box. Yeah, you're like yeah, maybe you're just deceiving the keeper by whipping it in near post. Yeah, like it's 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 an impossible it's an impossible free kick for a good footballer. What bus is Jack Grealish waiting on? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Take a fucking shot, man! Every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, that was that was frustrating tonight. I'm always prone to react badly, and then because it's Grealish, because I trust him, but also because I love him, I'm always then really eagerly watching the replay so that I can convince myself that he did the right thing. But there was a couple of times tonight where I was like, ah, just have a just have a spank. Nothing else is happening in this game. The movement's not there. Barkley and McGinn aren't as energetic. Probably under instruction as well to be careful to Leicester. Um, that yeah, just just get it out of your feet and have a shot. Like you never, you'll never know what's going to happen. It might go in. Yeah, I was. It was. It was frustrating. It just. It sometimes he just goes into that little uh, waiter mode where he just wants to serve people, and he does that better than anybody. He's a, he's a Michelin star waiter, but. You know, like we like him being a killer, and that that comes down to as well when he is creating stuff. Like again, he created a lot of stuff tonight. But somebody had texted me to say, you know, what a first half from Grealish, and that's that's just immediately a trigger for me. It's like you know, it's, it's the same every half. What are you talking about? Mm. Like every half Jack Grealish has played for the last five years. We talked about this last week. Um, it's it's the same. He's brilliant. But I was making the point to him, like because I think it just remember that little back heel that he played to Matt Target. Yeah. Like my target is there's a lot more Matt Target coming up by the way, but um he's he's in line with the six yard box he's inside the box and he, he whips a ball high and long into the air it's like what are you doing like Neil Taylor did better in that position, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the worst thing I can think of saying to anybody. <laughs> but I was uh I was saying this to your man it's like I'd like to see him play more with England you know I'm I'm imagining him doing this with Rashford and Sancho and Sterling and. You know, rather than backing into my target, he just immediately loses the ball. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and like I would love to talk about how bad that cross was, but just getting back to getting back to Grealish, I think I actually texted you about four four years ago saying like, Grealish does need to increase his output. To be honest, mm-hmm. like you know, 
not that I'm a mad proponent of stats-based football analysis, but Greedish could always do with a few more numbers next to him. Like he, he doesn't like for somebody of his ability, he doesn't get enough goals. I don't think. Like even the way he took that goal against Liverpool, this I know it was the seventh goal, so there was not much pressure on him. But like you know, he made Adrian look like a fucking tit. Um, mm. Like yeah, it's 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 something that does frustrate me. I just love to see him have a few more shots. Like that one against United, that was almost out of the blue. Like what are you shooting from there for? Oh fuck yeah. Because you're Jack Grealish and you can just whip that into the top corner. Should be doing it more. Next one. Ah, oh, fuck off, McGinn. <laughs> this is, this is uh, like, I probably shouldn't have even written this down, but he, he had a big chance to lay in Trezeguet. Uh, I remember he had broken through. Grealish again played him through uh, in behind. And it was actually annoying. Like, that, that disappointed me about Watkins a little bit as well, that he didn't come to life. Until it was like, oh Jesus, we're we're in here. It's like, come on, we we again we had spoken about this when Grealish has the ball, get moving, it's it's coming, something's happening. Mm. Uh, again goes in behind, Watkins wakes up, but then Trezeguet's coming sort of deeper, and McGinn just needs to find him, and he just yeah, the pass is short, and yeah. somebody Trezeguet's completely free, like and it's open to pass it to him. Yeah, I, I like I always say though, it was the right pass. Like he, it was de- yeah. it was a brilliant pass. If it's if it's played, we'd be talking about how good it was, and it's just technically really badly executed he pulls it back too much to the the covering midfielder but at least he sees it oh yeah it was it was really annoying especially at that stage of the game but then again Colin it was rolling it back to Trezeguet anything could have happened <laughs> well actually it doesn't make any sense when you stack it up to the to the next winch it's not even a winch you have here it's hilarious how good Villa's midfield is it's 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 absolutely brilliant. It's it's the that, that includes Grealish. That includes yeah, of course it does. Yeah, um, yeah. The one thing I would say is like yeah, tonight it was so mentally draining from them for them to be so switched on for yeah. the whole game, especially you know covering space, you know following your man. That those things will happen then. Like you're knackered mentally even by the time you get into an attacking position, and then John McGinn will overplay a pullback or you know Grealish won't shoot when he should so those things get into your head but tonight they were brilliant just even working in tandem it was so good to see like the you know shuffling across together going at the same mm. time knowing when it, where each player was going to be and to have that so quickly as well this is only Ross Barkley's second game you know like it's it's working so well it's so encouraging um might end up regretting not having another midfielder but let's not countenance that until we need to. What about Hurrahan? Because things looked good before Barkley was signed as well. Yes. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, maybe. And it's, a, it's, a, it's a different thing then. It's a different system. Like Villa yeah. was so good tonight against Leicester. They were so good last week or two weeks ago against Liverpool. That's different to beating... Sheffield United, who haven't turned up yet this season, and Scott Parker's Fulham. <laughs> I, I I like um I do like Dean Smith's respect of the system though. It's like it, we were talking about his, his late subs, you know, bringing people on very late. Like I think you know, did he only make one sub tonight, and it was Ferrari after eighty minutes, and then Ferrari comes on and he's good, and you're like, oh, <laughs> you're you're starting to write these boys out of your head when they're not being used more. But it's like, th- like. 
everything is so crucial to the system and maybe this is where Harahan sort of he's he's not up to it as much he's not switched on like Barkley would have been and you're right Barkley was mentally drained his touch went towards the end because probably mm-hmm. just been focusing for the whole game but it's 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 like he can't afford to have anybody not be switched on and that's where Trezeguet comes in handy as well but Bertrand Ferrari came on and looked good you know but it, it's almost like I, I almost respect like as much as I would have liked to see Harahan being used or as much as I don't have a problem with him being used in the future I like that Smith is so protective of of what they're doing. It might it might end up making everybody bollocks in the long run, but well, no, it's it's really a case of horses for courses, isn't it? Like we we know we know that Dean Smith thinks about the opposition before he sends the team out, which is the least you'd expect from a manager. But you'd be surprised how little you get it. Um, mm. And Liverpool and Leicester. Are absolutely not the teams to be sending Conor Hurahan out against. And yeah. there was ab- there was no way that Conor Hurahan was coming on tonight. I think he might have even put Jack Grealish in the midfield <laughs> if there was an injury in midfield. I've just got six words for this next one: six bemused words and uh, the player's name in brackets. What the fuck is this shit? And <laughs> the player's name is Slimani. <laughs> what the fuck is that shit that was I actually I would have put money on him not being there anymore I I didn't know he played for Leicester neither did I, I didn't know he was still playing <laughs> yeah it was bizarre and he only had one one touch and it was a looping header that went 40 or 50 yards over the bar yeah, it was absolutely insane. Yeah, like, you know, he lost one out the... He tried to keep one in, which he should have kept in, and he didn't. It just like, sort of... He, he tried to touch the ball and, like, sort of came underneath the ball and went over his foot and went out for a throw-in. And there was another bad touch he had. He was making a diagonal run that you would see Vardy making, and it just bounced off his foot and went 40 metres away. And then that <laughs> that header was just, what, what is this? Like, what... Like that's an insult. Give us somebody better. <laughs> <laughs> Give us a challenge. Yeah, the lads are like, up for it. Remember that scene in Troy where it's like, "Is this what you left me for?" Some <laughs> man, like he brought off Ian at you for this mess. Uh, yeah, and it was funny because beforehand they were talking about how much they were going to miss Farty tonight, and <laughs> yeah. I said, "Come the seventy-fifth minute, that was really fucking apart." <laughs> And so counterproductive, you're bringing on Madison and bringing on Slimani with him, like not with him, but like what a waste of having your most creative player on and then you just take off any good striker. Ian Atchell had put on a lot of hard, pointless yards as well, though. So maybe he just thought anything's better than Ian Atchell not being able to move anymore. I don't know. Yeah, it was was bizarre. What the fuck is this shit? Just about covers it, I'd say. Last one. Does James Madison think his hair is good? Because <laughs> it's not. <laughs> well, actually, you know what? It would be it would be all right if you had the the right facial structure for it. It's the same with Harry Kane. Like Madison's better looking than Harry Kane, but he's not he's not as good looking as Jack Grealish. Like Jack Grealish can have hair that would make some of his razor eyebrows, but he gets away with it because he's good looking. James Madison isn't good enough good looking enough to be to be right. hair like that. Right, so whenever I said at the start, it was a mental and physical war of attrition, and it wasn't a great game because of that. Your mind obviously started drifting somewhere else entirely. 
<laughs> I need someone to break up the Wikipedia search of Slimani. <laughs> Give me some categories next. <laughs> Roy Keane thinks Scott Parker is a dweeb. <laughs> In one single moment, your whole life can turn round. I stand there for a minute, staring straight into the ground. Looking to Roy Keane thinks everybody's a dweeb. <laughs> I just thought every time he cut back from Parker being interviewed, for some reason he was being interviewed two or three times before the game, and uh, talking shit obviously, and, <laughs> and every time he cut back it looked like Roy Keane was holding on a laugh, and it looked like, you know, Carragher had that little knowing look that he has sometimes, you know, when he knows what somebody's laughing at or whatever. He's a proper football bloke, you know, and he, he tries to pretend that he's intelligent as well, so then pretentious football writers can get behind him. Scott and Roy Keane, just, that's absolute fodder for Roy Keane, you know, he, he, he snuffs that out immediately, he hates bullshit, and you're right, he hates Scott Parker. Like even at the end of that game, the story isn't fucking Scott Parker. The camera's on Scott Parker's face. Aston Villa have just climbed into the Champions League places, never to be dislodged. That's the story. It's not fucking Scott Parker getting spanked again. Alright, another new category, Liam. Oh. <laughs> the blowing out his arse award. <laughs> Is this not named after anybody? <laughs> no, but oh, it could brilliant. be named after Matt fucking Target. The, the, <laughs> the Matt Target blowing out his arse awards. So obviously Ross Barkley is mentioned because we, we already talked about him, but Matt Target is the only other nominee I have. Um, he just looked wrecked. Do you know what? I, I, I felt endeared towards him when I, I saw him hugging Dean Smith afterwards and I thought, ah, you know, Dean has time for him. Maybe I should give him a, a chance. But the, again, we're talking about the standards being raised. The team is very good. And now it's Matt Target and Trezeguet that just, you know, if you're going to win a league, these are the two weak links. <laughs> and to be honest, we, we were worried about those two all pre-season. As short as pre-season was, we knew those were, these, those were going to be the obstacles to us winning the title. Um, but, you know, Liverpool won the Champions League with Jimmy Trory at left-back. So mm. let's, not, let's not write it off just yet. But um, the reason... Matt Target was blown out of his arse was because Matt Target played well. Matt Target was running up and down the pitch, which is the minimum you'd think I would be expecting from a fullback. But it's 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 a it's a lovely little surprise whenever it's Matt Target. There was a couple of times he went on the overlap all the way, committed to it, got to the byline, and got back. And he actually was involved in the goal as well, um, where he bravely, <laughs> bravely for a packet of crisps. Took a touch inside to John McGinn. Um, yeah, he was. It was a, it was a good performance from a otherwise shit player who's got a lot more good performances to do to convince me that I don't hate him. Well, you find yourself in a unique position where you're going to have to defend Matt Target. The Vyman meter going down, Matt Target. Oh, <laughs> and I have that because 
the free kick, the corners. The, you know, you're talking about him running up and down. He did run, right? But here's my problem with what I saw tonight. I, I mentioned Neil Taylor already. Neil Taylor did better in the position that Jack Grealish put on a plate for him. But Neil Taylor's worst quality is that he never moves when he has the ball. Like, you look out for it. If anybody hasn't noticed this, watch the next game. Neil Taylor, you might think he's solid or whatever. He's not. But um, when he has the ball at his feet, he doesn't move. He just stops and he waits to just pass it off to somebody. So then that immediately puts the team under pressure because... It's yeah, he's not drawing anybody. Um, my target is just starting to get a bit too comfortable with Jack Grealish and Ross Barkley over at this side. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm, I'm surprised he's going down. Because the Vime, remember what the Vyman meter is. I can never hate you. So it's it's you know it's a lot of it's based on effort. And for once, we got a bit of a bit of heart from the man with a heart the size of a pea. We, we we got a bit of that from him tonight. We got a bit of running. The quality was absolutely dreadful. But is Matt Target asking to hit the corners? That like that that must be discussed in training. They're not going out to the pitch not knowing who's hitting the corners. Somebody else should be saying, absolutely under no circumstances is Matt Target hitting a set piece tonight. This is there's a myth going around that Matt Target's got a nice cultured left foot. That's because <laughs> that's because he's slow, and people are trying to figure out what else he's bringing to the table. Like the cross into into Watkins, so bad. Watkins wasn't even the player to cross it to, and he overhits it. He overhit a cross that he had about thirty yards to play as well, which is so <laughs> annoying. Watkins is so are far you- away from him. Are you defending him? <laughs> oh, Christ. That's, You've just started winding yourself up as you started talking about him. You were God, trying to be kind. This is me defending my target. <laughs> you know what? No, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. He's staying, he's staying still. I, like he did go up. I don't think it was a Liverpool match. Was it the Fulham match he went up? Um, and like you were, you weren't too keen on him going up the meter at that stage. Uh, but I was happy that he put in a few tackles, and <laughs> and I was like, well, he's coming from a low base. He's going up, so we'll keep him at that slightly higher than low base. I like, I don't really have a personal issue with my target. I don't know. Him. <laughs> just, just feel the need to clarify that. I actually don't uh, don't mind him too much as a player. Again, the standards have gone up. Um. Stand still on the Vyman meter. I don't know if this should be a thing, but I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> like, basically, everybody else she's not mentioned is stand still on it. Uh, but I wanted to talk about Trezeguet because he's often uh, quoted in this. He's usually going up for the very reasons that we, we talk about Vyman. Um, yeah, like, you know, a bit of a mixed bag, but again, it just. It, it did give you everything apart from that wing mirrors moment where he shit himself when he was through. Um, he just he tries he tries really hard he he puts in a great shift I can see why Smith wants to play him for 80 minutes remember that uh, again sorry I don't want to divulge all your whatsapps um, because they're supposed to be private except <laughs> the ones that I bring here but you had said why is why is Trezeguet still on for 80 minutes and then Trerori came on and his first tackle he fell on his arse mm. and I was like well well that's why like because you know Trezeguet is going to put people under pressure um, it's not a great Amazing quality to have him one of your three attackers, but yeah, he just he just brings it. No, he does, and that that is definitely the reason why he was on the pitch. But I was getting greedy at that stage. Um, to be honest, once 
once Rory came on, it's probably not related, but I was thinking, Jesus, get Trezeguet back on because Leicester controlled the game for the next 10 minutes and Villa were under a lot of pressure, mm. which is the game for Trezeguet and it's not the game for Rory. But there was, it, was, it was really, really erratic stuff from Trezeguet tonight. Yeah, some good stuff, a lot of effort. But there was a stage, I think it was 75th minute, where he tried to drag the ball back and somehow he ended up poking it forward. I have absolutely no idea what happened. It was one of the worst touches I've ever seen. I was right in the middle of the pitch as well. I was like, oh, that probably precipitated me sending the message to you. Say, get him off. Yeah. He had a couple of dodgy moments coming out from the back as well where he's just trying to like knock it past players and get beyond them, which is really positive, you know, when you're all backs to the walls. But it's like, uh, Trezeguet, you're not that player. Like, leave that to Grealish him again. You know, like, I don't want you trying to take on somebody 18 yards out. Yeah, you're not that player. This isn't a match, and Leicester aren't the opposition <laughs> yeah. to be doing that against. It was, that was insane stuff. There was one where I don't, he actually got away with it, but I have absolutely no idea what happened. Where I think his body shape confused everybody else on the pitch, and he ended up, I think it even confused him. He just realized the ball was still there, and he kept running out from the box. It was... I don't know what happened. It was about the sixty-seventh minute or something like that. Um, yeah, it was like stop, stop that dress, please, for the love of God. Going up, Ross Barkley. Huh. Yeah, and you know what? I had this. I'm ready. I'm ready for this. I had this before he scored the goal. No, I know we have him in the blown out his Irish award, <laughs> but he. He's just so strong. He, 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 I just, I just love a strong player on the ball who doesn't mind the challenge coming in. He'll keep going forward and he'll draw more players. It's just, just such an extra bonus that it's not always having to be Grealish to do that. And I, like I know that's an easy, lazy sort of piece of analysis where it's like, oh, you know, like that that frees up Grealish. It doesn't. I just mean it's an extra player who who can just give you something. Like he's, he's like, you don't have to wait for Grealish to get on the ball for just to sit up. When Barkley has it, he starts running and players on the opposition team start panicking. Yeah, the best thing about Ross Barkley isn't the fact that he frees up Grealish. It's the fact that he's a bloody good footballer. Mm. Yeah, like, I don't, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have been surprised that he's going up. Because um, he put he did put in a shift, but he was clearly knackered. And he, he played, he didn't play that well, but his goal was absolutely brilliant. It was a, a great finish. Um, something that we'd like to see Jack Grealish doing a lot more, but it was so decisive as well. You know, there was when he got that ball, he was putting the ball in the bottom corner. He looks up, sees Schmeichel, sees the space, and just drills the ball into the bottom corner. Um, and even for that alone, like yeah, he should be, he definitely should be going up in the meter. And it's actually, it's not even like the finish is one thing, but it's just the way he hits it and jogs away, thinking, yeah, how do you like that? Do you know, like. <laughs> There's plenty more where that came from. And we actually need to talk about Douglas Ruiz just on that because everything opened up for him the exact same way in the second half. And it's like, Dougie, like any goal you scored has been a screamer. And he doesn't even he doesn't even drive straight forward. He starts he starts going diagonally out to the right and plays again. <laughs> maybe this is why Trezeguet is always uh the focus of our criticism because these great players have the ball and then they, they end up giving it to Trezeguet and then things inevitably slow down a little bit. But yeah, like he, like he, like everybody backed off. Everybody in the Leicester, Leicester defense realized they had to go back to their eighteen yard box. Dougie was around forty meters out. He could have just kept driving and had a ping, and he just started making his way to the right. Took himself 
there was nobody around him. He took himself out of the danger area and just popped the ball off to somebody else. Yeah, and maybe Dick Dougie's obviously been given greater responsibility in the team from a defensive perspective, as in he's the only defensive midfielder now. Um, yeah. So maybe maybe he's conscious of that. He doesn't want to have a shot that pops out off a deflection and comes back out. I, I, I never really have any trouble with my defensive midfielder not picking on a speculative strike. It, it's, not, it's not the biggest issue. I would have a much bigger issue with the, the terrible shot he had, the one who just picks him out at the edge of the box. Like, you know, that's that's the goal mm. Douglas Louise has scored. He wraps his foot around it. He wrapped his foot around that and just trickled it into Michael's arms. It was that was really frustrating because that was Grealish had done so well. Um ah, yeah, like he it's a little bit cowardly to just drive out to the it's the easy thing to do. It's it's low risk football, which we're obviously not fans of. Um but ah, yeah. Like yeah. Ross Barkley, drive through and have a shot. Dougie, if you want to just pop it around a bit, maybe do it. Well, let's do a Ronnie Rossifel award very quickly. Dougie's shot, because that was like laid on a plate for him. Um, either side of Schmeichel there, I think that's going in because the the power of the delivery for him is just all he has to do is hit it and it's, it's, it's whipping past Schmeichel. It would have to be a great reaction save from Schmeichel who can't see the, the box is crowded. Or Ollie Watkins is air shot. Mm. Um, who, who crossed that? I can't even remember. I just remember the ball dropping down for him. And he just, I think it was McGinn, and he just he just missed the ball basically when it had dropped at his feet. Again, I know he's unsighted, but big chance when it was nil nil. So I'm probably overly analysing these things. Yeah, like it's it's an air shot. That's I don't think you can overanalyze that. It's just it's just terrible. Um, somebody in commentary said he should have gone with his head. Probably right because you're not relying on the defender missing it. Then you you know you can just go up and win it instead of waiting for the ball to come down. But it was just terrible. Terrible execution. We've all done it, but you know, we're not twenty-eight million points centre forwards. But you know, Grealish is standing right behind them as well, and I'm not sure why Grealish is in there. Like you know, Grealish needs to go to a different position there as well. Um, maybe that confuses him. Ah, I don't know. It was yeah, it was absolutely shite, and that's it was definitely worse than Dougie's shot. Dougie's was still at the edge of the box. Expect mm. expect a lot more from him, but no, like yeah, Wally Watkins is the Ronnie Rosenthal award definitely. The Peter Enkelman What the Fuck Award. I've got two. Uh, Douglas Louise, again, his foul on James Madison, 20 yards out in the center of the goal. It's like, well, what are you doing? Like, I know it's dangerous, but you've just given him a shot anyway that he would have to mm. take on from play with you right behind him and Ming's right in front of him. Instead, you fouled him, giving yourself a yellow card and giving him a free shot 20 yards out under no pressure. Just uh, like there's, there's a tiny cynical foul. It's when Matt Cash has been wrong-footed out in the wing and they've got men over yeah. like that's and, and you're not giving them a dangerous you're just bringing them down and running back in the position not at the edge of your box giving them a, the best free kick their best chance of the game yeah um like he should have he should have at least tried to win the ball in the fight you know it was it was just it's just a cynical you know stopping him from playing like at least try to nick the ball and you'll foil him anyway um like if he doesn't fight him there, are we then just going to be complaining about him not being street smart? Letting him be one-on-one with Tyrone Mings in the last 10 minutes of the game inside the box. And he has to fight him at that exact moment as well. Otherwise, he's in the penalty area. Uh, and it is their best player. I don't know. I, I, don't think, I don't think it's letting the ball go under your foot from a throw-in 
category. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. Um, the Matt Target and Ross Barkley free kick routine. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> like Barkley looked like he was running up to drive. I think it was a routine, but then Target definitely played it wrong. Where he, he I don't know what, like he kicked it to his left foot at the very last minute. So then Barkley was like, "What the fuck?" So then Barkley had he sort of poke it forward with his toes. And then he got a one-two, and he actually almost worked it well in the end. But it's like, Matt, wake up! <laughs> you know, it just looked like that he didn't know what was going on. I do think it was a routine, but it was just executed very badly. I yeah, it was definitely a routine. I thought it was Ollie Watkins that was um that just didn't know what was happening. <laughs> but he's obviously central to it. He has to play the one-two, but he's kind of caught in his heels. So unless the Leicester defenders just really tight him, I thought it was Ollie Watkins that that ended up. You know, leaning back and kind of not getting it back to Barkley, but yeah, it, yeah. Now that you said, it, it's definitely weird that it ended up on Barkley's left foot to play it into Watkins. That clearly shouldn't have happened, and Target must have fucked up. And I'm and more another, than happy to blame Matt Target for this. <laughs> and another 25 meter free where Connor Harrahan wasn't on the pitch, so again, <laughs> it's was being intensified. Um, oh, questions we can't answer, but probably will. Why are Mings and Konza wearing each other's numbers? What? So, <laughs> Tyrone Mings is playing left centre-back and he's wearing number five. Ezra Konza is playing right centre-back and he's wearing number four. They have to be swapped around. It's, it just looks like a mess. Number four is a left-footed number and number five <laughs> is a right centre-back number unless, unless your right centre-back is wearing number 20 or number six. You know, <laughs> another number. Another number. It just, it just looks like a mess. It, it looks. Remember, Cash is playing left back for a bit there because Target had wandered off. <laughs> he hadn't wandered off. He had his feeling <laughs> left, back. and like you see the number two over the left. And it's like, oh, that's that's weird. When you see four and five together at centre back, and they're in that order with five on the left and four on the right, not for me. I don't. I don't see it. No, I think you don't, I don't see it. I don't think that's a problem. If you were lining out a team now, like, you know, like a squad that, that we were just writing down our dream team. So number one's a goalkeeper, number two's right back, number three's left back. Number four is left centre back. Yeah, maybe it is, actually. Maybe it is. I'm never going to be able to look at a Villa game again. I'm, I'm not going to be watching Villa hoping that angles and house are starting. <laughs> All right. Can you win a league with Trezeguet in your team? <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, Leicester City won a league with a, an Aston Villa, two Aston Villa rejects, one beforehand and one afterwards. Fucking Mark Albright and tearing it up, and Danny Drinkwater. Like mm-hmm. anybody can win a anybody can win a league. Apparently, um, I mentioned Jimmy Trorori earlier. Yeah, like great teams have bad players in them. Uh, yeah, like Wes Brown was right back for that. Brilliant Man United team that won the the Champions League and League Double. Like yeah, like you can you can win a league with Matt with uh, Trezeguet. Well or not, you can win a league with Matt Target <laughs> and Trezeguet is another question. No, probably, go on, sorry. Yeah, it, pro- it probably shows how how much on another level that United team were that that Wes Brown is their weak link, <laughs> like because mm. Wes Brown was quite good and Wes Brown was like. Apparently he was the shittest hot, or the shit hottest 
the, the best prospect coming through in England, uh, you know, at that age group, apparently he was the the real deal. So mm. like this guy was wasn't just a, a nobody, like you know, and, but that United team was such a level. We were talking about Trezeguet. You know, Wes Brown, Trezeguet, I don't think it's the same thing. Yeah, well, Wes Brown was a centre-half, though, playing right-back. But, yeah. yeah, okay, yeah, take the point. He's a tre- he would probably mark Trezeguet out of the game. But, um, <laughs> like, Grealish, Barkley, McGinn, Mings, Kansa, Martinez, Watkins, they're all so good that I think they can carry, I think they can carry Trezeguet and get him that title that he doesn't deserve. <laughs> No, but uh, that, that is that is going to be a, that is going to be a problem later on because we there was nothing done to address those two clear issues and we needed another forward and we needed a left back and I just hope that that doesn't stop us from winning the title. Imagine now, imagine how much they're going to be kicking themselves if not spending the forty million on those two positions stops them from winning the title. <laughs> But the the Matt Target thing, like somebody listening to this might be thinking, well, we've kept three clean sheets in four games. Only team we conceded against was Liverpool, who have the best attack in Europe, and we scored seven against them, so it's fine. You know, Matt Target is part of a back five that is performing really well. Matt, that's performing really well in spite of Matt Target. Um, <laughs> and the only two goals we conceded came down his side. If we, if we want to get picky about it, it was Mo Salah got the two goals. <laughs> Does anyone sweat more than Ross Barkley? <laughs> it actually looked like he was going for showers regularly during the game. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, this was early in the first half. I thought, what? Like, it was drenched. Like, absolutely soaking. Mm. There, there are some players that are just like that. Um... <laughs> I remember Roy Keane saying it about Gary Pallister before. He, he, he looked knackered after five minutes. Um, and Ross Barkley, I think you you mentioned this in his debut as well. Like he was, he just constantly looks like he needs to be taken off. And maybe that's maybe that's in my head whenever I'm sending you dodgy messages ten minutes before he scores an absolute screamer to win the game against your title rivals to take him off. I can just see that he wants to be taken off. Or his body wants him to be taken off. <laughs> Do you ever play against, like this is using five aside, you ever play against those out of shape boys and Ross Barkley's not out of shape, but they're they're soaking and yeah. you, you touch them. It's like, oh, like you, yeah. your your hand feels like you've dipped it in a basin of water after you, after this brush against you. Yeah. And yeah. you know it's sweat, so it's obviously way worse. Yeah, and then you start thinking that's a tactic. You know, all your teammates are shouting, touch tight, touch tight. <laughs> yeah. You're all right, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a very good tactic. Um, who's the best defensive forward in the world? Like we had talked before about uh, Roberto Firmino. I think we were putting together a dream attack of Roberto Firmino, Daniel James, and Andres Weiman. A nightmare attack, yeah. Does Ollie Watkins get into that? And I, I don't, I don't say defensive forward to slag him. I actually think he's very good at winning ball back. Like himself, not even part of a system, or you know, he's actually just going and winning a lot of ball back himself. Yeah, and there was actually a really encouraging bit in the first um first three or four minutes where the three of them were chasing the ball down, but they were also then covering for each other. Sorry, Trezeguet, Grealish, and Watkins, obviously. Um, Grealish ended up at centre forward, and Watkins was out on the left, and then Watkins ended up coming all the way back to help out Matt Target as well. 
Yeah, he, he, he wants a lot of ball, puts in a good shift. Um, yeah, I'd put him I'd, I'd put him into that team ahead of Daniel fucking James anyway. <laughs> who, um, who do you blame most for the scene that we saw twice on the sideline, Brendan Rodgers and, and James Madison in full-blown tactical conversation? Do you think that was James Madison being, you know, the player who's injured but wanting to show that you know he's he's above the rest of the subs, you know. So I'll I'll go into the sideline here and chat to the boss, or is that Brendan Rodgers trying to, you know, sort of cozy up to one of his better players? I thought that was just um, a broadcasting error. I thought it was just a scene spliced in from the human caterpillar. <laughs> that was it. Was disgusting. <laughs> Just lads, Christ Almighty! They weren't sniffing each other's holes. They'd just be bent over sniffing their own. It was human oh, centipede, not caterpillar. <laughs> what a grim film! Yeah, yeah, one only made more grim. Whenever you see it starring <laughs> Brendan Rogers. Oh, Sorry, I ended up the east end that they were sniffing each other's holes. Go on. <laughs> Uh, I, don't, I don't know where I was going with that, but it wasn't going to be nice. So, so I think this is what happens. James Madison's thinking like you're not at Ronaldo level. When you're at Ronaldo level, you can you can obviously just walk around the sideline if you want. He's thinking, yeah, I'm not a sub. Like yeah, I should I should go down here and give my give my tuppence worth to the manager. Never mind all the backroom staff. You're way more experienced and qualified than me. Mm. Never mind the manager. I'll go down and tell him what I see. And I think Brendan Rodgers was only too delighted to see that one of his better players would come down for a tactical discussion, knowing that this is the Premier League and there's going to be camera shots. And if Leicester win, if James Madison comes on, then what were those two talking about earlier in the game? Maybe Brendan Rodgers was telling him what to do. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just like yeah, a match made in fucking hell. Like, <laughs> Get off my fucking camera screen. Oh, brilliant. Well, that's all we have time for. I think what a... What a night again. Like this podcast, I think, is a really, really good omen. I thought it was good to start off with because we kept keeping clean sheets. But apparently that's just what we do now. Um, I've gotten really cocky because people are like texting me because I'm not in Ireland. There's not there's a lot of Villa fans, but people don't know a lot of Villa fans, so they tend to know a few of them. So they'll text you when Villa have a big result. And now I've just started sending that shrug emoji back. It's like, yeah, like what we what we expecting? Like this is just a a natural consequence of a really good team playing a team that they're better than. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to own this for a few weeks until it inevitably blows up in my face. If you're enjoying the podcast, uh, follow us on Twitter at the Villa Podcast or get us on Instagram, the Villa Podcast Show. The Villa Podcast was taken by somebody who's not using the account, and I don't have any money to, to pay them to, to buy that account off them just yet. But, um, Give the shout out, share it on to any, any mates you might think that will like it. Anybody who doesn't like Matt Target as well. Uh, anything else, Liam? No, that's, I think that, that wraps it up. Um, yeah, another glorious night on the title charge. It's funny that we have this category now called uh, WhatsApp Winges. Preemptive, expecting that this was going to be <laughs> another struggle. And it's become redundant. It's going to have to become WhatsApp celebrations or something. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a human centipede re- reincarnation as well <laughs> just the two of us sniffing the holes of other players we love <laughs> let's keep it critical <laughs> see you next time that wind is calling my name.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.